What stars a leak in the west has turned to a flood in the south. Find out the details this week on the Indie Bar Report podcast. All right, we are back again, 253. That's the episode number. And we continue the march on into the void, really. Into the void is where you went with that. See, you could have gone, we're marching south or call up the Union Army or marching south or something like that. Away down south in the land of traitors? Or my proposed intro, which was, hey, girl, how you feel about some southern expansion? Uh, to which I'm sure the reply would have been, yeah, but you can't afford it, which is fair. Yeah, it's fair. Which Very fair. is fair. We're talking ballparks. First off, we have a leak in the West, and that is the extra California team in the Pioneer League. I say extra, so they added another one. No, this is just the second one. And then we've got a slew of expansion rumor for this southern part of the United States. There's a couple other bits of news in there, like Sioux City's lease getting worked out. That's pretty cool. And uh, then there's some front office shakeups around the world when you ball. So there's a lot going on this week. So I suppose we probably should get started on that before we waste any more time like we already have. On Monday, Pioneer League put out a post that was kind of a get to know the Pioneer League post. And uh, it was only up for a few minutes. But unfortunately for them, I'm a bum that gets up in the middle of the day right when they post their stuff. So I saw it right as it came out. And I screenshot one very interesting slide, which was, a map of the league. And this map had a second California team right outside of where Sacramento is. So I think it's fair to deduce that uh, that city listed, which is Davis, California, might just be that uh, extra team out there in California for the ballers to yes, play. Sir. So, I mean, yeah. That was a bit of an awkward trip there, but I'm just going to end with, I have to imagine some social media manager had a really bad day on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I've nearly done that before and even just nearly doing it's a bad feeling. So that's, that's tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's a bad day. And, and I mean, people, a lot of people already knew, and that's also part of why, like, they, I don't know. I don't know how that even happens. It's a bad vibe. Yeah, but I, this isn't a big surprise. Also, I mean, there's only so many places you can go in that area. The Sacramento has always been the rumor. UC Davis is right there. It's a quality. Actually, I feel like it's a better. You know, I, who knows where they have access to and what the exact deal is going to end up. But UC Davis is definitely a better field setup than Oakland has. So that's kind of an interesting little thing for yeah. you. The Davis team being sort of uh, positioned as like the add-on team and. It, yeah, it might even not even be a big deal if they don't do that great as long as Western expansion works out. I mean, so like I also understand though why Dave is kind of like the secondary one, even though they're playing in what's that D one field? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like I kind of get it though, because I mean Oakland's sexier name, it's a bigger t- headline grabber than Davis, yeah. California. Then also you figure you're fighting with the River Cats a bit. Now I don't know yeah. exactly how close they are. I think it's probably like a thirty minute drive, but with traffic, who knows how far that actually is. So perhaps you're going for two different groups, like the people in Rockland, New York, aren't the people that the miners are fighting to get in the ballpark. So perhaps it's a situation like that. And also, I mean, AAA versus Pioneer League ball is a, a little bit of a skill gap in there. Mm-hmm. But 
even still, as we've you know mentioned numerous times before, the overall consumer base for independent ball is just kind of people looking for something to do as opposed to real baseball fanatic people. Although I imagine AAA probably draws a few more uh, prospect watchers in that sense. But even still, like I understand it from a marketing perspective. Oakland's a better thing to market. I mean, we're already mm-hmm. seeing the Coliseum thing still going on. I mean, we right. had, uh, who is it? The the city council that wants an explanation for it or something mm-hmm. along those lines was the headline this week from them. So like, I totally get it. It's just like, I like Dave's a little bit better if that's the case. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just going to be tough to compete with like the existing markets, which is something that yeah. Oakland weirdly doesn't have. It, yeah, but they have it, but they don't have it. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's the thing. They're competing like, against Ghost and the Giants, which are just kind to, of different things. It's trying to establish a brand. And, and I, my weird take on this is it's better to have your own ballpark, which is obvious for many reasons, but. One of the other things is like, I mean, Hagerstown's been, the entire town of Hagerstown has been aware of this team coming since, if they didn't know even before, since, you know, all that construction started. Like, it is a reminder in everyone's face that, like, the baseball team is coming. Like, it's a little more difficult if you just drop in on the the local college team and just start playing pro baseball. People are like, what is happening? Is yeah, this like, happening? What's going what, on? what is this now from school? You can't even slow roll it as easily. It's just, this is happening. It's right here. These are the dates. Here's the schedule. Here's what indie ball is, by the way, I got to teach them that. Like yeah, it, the biggest draw, honestly, could be people coming to see the Oakland team. They, yeah. they, neither of them have the best of both worlds. It's like they each kind of have divided it up where Oakland, I think has a lot of promise except for where they're playing out of. It makes me like, Oof, I'm not sure about that. And then UC Davis, it's by the way, it's not the fanciest park. UCF is a pretty good ball club, if I remember. I, I would have thought the same was a little fancier, but it's still 3,500 seats, all that, which would be great to have in Oakland. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's the problem. That's, like, Laney College is in the best of venues. And, like, I understand it's probably like a temporary thing. Yeah. But at the same point in time, it's also like the initial response is what's going to guide you the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And more than that, though, even if you did Laney College for one year, and you're still riding off the screw the A's high, which, I mean, mm-hmm. let's acknowledge that's going to be there. If you had a better plan for year two and three that wasn't Laney College, I'd feel more optimistic about it. But, like, what's the other plan? Yeah, I, but they could stumble right back into the thing I was saying about Hagerstown, where at least, you know, it could be a project, whether yeah, it's so a renovation or a new one or a new stadium where everybody is, you know, waiting for it. And it's, it is in everyone's face. So there could be something. Yeah. I just, I don't know about it. Like genuinely, like I don't understand like whether or not that makes a difference really in the long run. Like I understand the difference between establishing a new brand and like coming into a market that just lost the brand. I get the difference there, but like on this particular kind of level, does it really make a difference when the drop off, is so steep that you might as well be building a new brand. And in a market where no one was really clamoring for another team, I don't think there was really any sort of a demand for Davis. So like, it feels kind of like the situations aren't really comparable to Hagerstown in that sense, where like Hagerstown, yeah, they may have known about it, and they may have seen the thing going up and everything about it. They may have been able to kind of like get excited for it in that regard. But like the situations I think are so vastly different in that regard. 
Because at least with Hagerstown, you have, ooh, shiny new ballpark. At the very least, it's like a draw. What the hell's the draw for the either either one of them? You see what I'm saying? Like, there isn't, Here's... like, the carrot outside of, like, yeah. spite and, like, ooh, new team. doesn't help that I, it's going to be really hard to not have the, like, how, how do I say this? The, just the vibe that this isn't the team that's there to justify the Oakland expansion. It's going to be tough to make it not feel like it's the Seattle Pilots expansion when they came into being because Kansas City was like, no, we want a team now. So the MLB was like, okay, Seattle, go now, even though you're not ready. The, uh, it's going to be tough, I think, to not have the five. Here's the question that I just thought about. problem the ace cost. Do you think, nice, good point. Do you think the Davis team will have an owner? Because that will tell us everything. I think if they don't, we won't get told that. Well, I think well, we'll see, get told that they might not announce that. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I believe like, in us. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, we saw with uh, Oakland how I was like, oh, we got everybody out in full force. Then I don't think we're getting that same rollout for Davis, which I do feel bad about having to do all this to Davis and like really undercutting that announcement, which I'm sure they're really building to and looking forward to. Although, also kind of on them for not bumping up the timeline, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I, to answer the question, I wouldn't be stunned if there isn't an owner and this is just like a collective league effort to like agree like, okay, we want Oakland. Oakland can't be on its own. Let's all just pitch in for one year and then we'll make this thing work and then we'll sell it off and then we'll be done with it. Although I will say when we get into the expansion conversation later on, if they want to keep doing the West Coast thing, I think there's a couple of Oregon markets that are going to be open soon that, are, that do make I'm some I'm going sense. to be a social wet blanket on that. I am going to yeah. preview that now. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I've been really into the the Oregon markets and unfortunately I think these are the two markets that I don't think are going to work out of all the the Oregon markets, but that's we can again we can we'll get to that later on. Okay, yeah, I'll, we'll come back. That, that was a little teaser, I, but you and I might have some opposing thoughts on that, so that's fine. Oh, that I'm not the fun. expert. We have any more thoughts on uh, this Davis thing? Like, how confident are we that this is going to actually work out and not just be like the crutch for Oakland for a little while? Uh, I think it's seventy thirty that it's the crutch. Seventy thirty crutch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it sixty forty. Okay. I yeah, that feels about right. It's like the only thing is like I think there is a case for it. It's just like man, it feels like we're just throwing it out here for Oakland. Like we wanted Oakland and uh we needed it. Like just the situation as it exists makes me feel like it is the case. If they nail this rollout, though, it could feel totally different. So we'll see. This could just be because it's been, from our perspective, we've had a leak that's Davis in this format. From our perspective, here's the asterisk upon our whole conversation for those listening. Yeah. Almost immediately, it was clear this was going to be a Sacramento area team. It was always officially said it was going to be Northern California. So with me having no life, I don't know how deep you went in. I yeah. immediately started comparing baseball schedules. UC Davis was quickly shortlist of possibilities. Yeah. We both had from different sources at leak that was going to be Davis to us. Yeah. Then this is leaked 
on there. So from our perspective, this feels like a slow and sloppy rollout. However, yeah. for others, it doesn't. It was just said that, hey, there's going to be an announcement about the new team and location. Stay tuned. So, you know, it could be they could still nail the rollout depending on the vibe, depending on the ownership situation, all that. So we could be a little too negative because our, our perspective is skewed. Also, with the Pioneer League starting later, the how late this rollout is happening isn't a big deal either. Yeah, okay. that is a fair point. The later rollout doesn't matter in that sense, but I will say this much. I would have liked to have seen this come. Like when the leak was, I would have liked to see the formal announcement. And for no other reason, just to get more brand familiarity rolling with it. Right. Because you did have some momentum coming off of Oakland and a couple of the, you know, whether it's a promotional stunt or a genuine attempt type of thing from Oakland. With the Coliseum, you could have built off of that with Sacramento and then maybe you could have worked something out with more of a uh, middle ground place. I'm not sure there's a huge promotional venue that could, you know, have that same kind of clout that the Coliseum would have among Oakland fans and Davis fans. In like an in between area, but that could have worked out there, and you could have made some sort of announcement with that. You could have done something to build off existing PR work. Is more or less my point. Um, Davis, California, is in Yolo County. Feels like you do something funny with that. They should be, totally be calling this team the Yolo something. I, I really wanted it to be like the like Yolo if, Yahoos. If, if you're just all in on a bad brand, you should just throw a last name on it like the like it's just some dudes davis something but it's just the team name i'm dumb it doesn't matter it's fine the davis johnson's yeah why not let's get weird you could do that i'm honestly still on like the yolo yeehaws mm, fair you kind of a do like the old like gold uh miners look to it yeah you gotta be careful out there that the only branding thought i have is a weird california history knowledge it's like you gotta be careful out there with your branding. So you can't do anything like pioneer based really, because that was that area. I think specifically even that County was uh, like, was the epicenter of bad stuff happening with the native Americans. Like it was, it was like, it, like I, I think it's it officially maybe listed as a genocide out there. Like, so they're going to be there. Be careful with the branding out there. The, um, what's that called? The, um, hold on. I, I might have a thought here. Uh, the penny farthings that would be kind of amazing because it's literally on the davis california flag one of those bikes with the big little back wheel big front wheel the davis penny farthings even though that might be tough for branding because i'm sure there's a bunch of other like google results that would come up i say bikers but california's got a history of bike gangs so that's not going to work um and also uh bicycling controversy with their bicycle infrastructure, which is another thing. I don't, don't get me started. I don't know the background on that as well. I just remember coming up once in a social studies class. I did not pay attention to. I want to say I'm surprised, you know, the inner workings of California culture and politics, but at the same point in time, I'm also equally as unsurprised by it. I mean, yeah, you know, if it's useless knowledge, I might be your guy. What is it? What did my, my dad describe me as once? You are a font of useless information. I was like, thank you. I think. I'll take that as a compliment from my dad. I just want to point out here. You could tell me about like the Davis City flag, but you can't remember to charge your mic separately from another mic. Do you guys can't remember which core belongs to what? I got one right this week. So, hey. So. 
So to wrap up this Davis conversation, because we do have other things we do. Yeah, we have so much week. more we need to get to and not a ton of time. Yeah. So just to wrap it up here, it'll depend on the brand rollout and how everything goes with the limited information we have at the moment, which is really, we know where the team's going to be. And we also know the manager of the team too. I should say that much, but that, that I got from like three different people. So that's, I'm not going to take that from them. We already took their, their big thing from them early on. It does feel like this is just more of an accessory to Oakland. Hopefully that'll be proven incorrect uh, sooner than later. Well summarized. Uh, moving on, Long Island. They have a small shakeup in the front office. Sean Smith moves to the GM role. Anthony Polito will move to an assistant GM in stadium operations position. Uh, Sean Mulhall will go to group sales manager. Justice Layer will go to ticket sales manager. And Augie for Tugno will move to promotions manager. Michael Pfaff stays with the team as the president and chief business officer. And Doug Cohen stays on as a senior vice president. More or less the big news yeah. is Pfaff. Yeah, absolutely. That's the really because big takeaway here. Formerly the president and GM. Now he's president and what's uh, chief CBO. business officer, you said? Yeah, yeah that's That's big. It's... Regardless of your feelings on the league or the team, I don't know anybody who would deny how integral one to Long Island Ducks successes and what's the other word I'd want to use? The importance, just, Im, yes, stature with importance, yes, stature. That was perfectly done, man. Yeah. Hell, that's that's why it's your show, man. Uh, that that fact yeah, has contributed. It, he's been really central to all that. Over the past, I mean, good lord, how long has he been there? However long, since early. And yeah, that's kind of wild to see. It's more surprising, I would say, than the Wally Backman move. You know, oh, yeah. And we were all kind of like, oh, wow, that's happening. Wow. I mean, but, even and, that honestly almost makes the Wally Backman move a little bit more surprising because you feel like, okay, if you're going to move Wally out, that means, you know, we're not going to see many other changes because, you know, I think our general consensus was, Wally's relationship with the front office may not be what we thought it was. And now to see him go out, but also at the same point in time, like, okay, we're going to shift around the front office. And it's like, okay, what's going on over there? And also just as a point of reference, fast spin in Long Island since November of 02, overlapping with that. He was also the owner slash managing member of the new Britain bees from 2015 to 2021. Hmm. Yeah, and he was a consultant on a couple other with Bridgeport and the Bears, too, for what that's worth. Yeah, I'm it's all fascinating to me. It's still a surprise. I I don't know. I, it's so weird that I'm like, this is an impactful thing, but I don't necessarily have a lot of constructive stuff to say about it because who knows what the is going on inside the Long Island front office at any given time. You know, if, if it's not affecting every single other team in the league it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's happening if that makes sense from and that the is from league outside doesn't come the league, island it comes from other people league. yeah yeah it's so it's tough to exactly even predict what happened there who is willing to make the move who you know this could be him like hey i want to step back he does seem like he's a very hands-on guy hmm. and it's just surprising 
and I'm interested to see, this could be one of those things, every once in a while you'll see a, a front office move and then immediately, it, like a year or two later, it's like, eh, and we're going to undo that or we're going to try this change again. Like I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see that with speaking of like Alabama, New England, you know, moving on, like have a coach. I'm like, okay, that wasn't the right fit. Like almost forgetting how to operate without that person being the sort of the, the yeah, guiding. You, you never want to be the guy that replaces the guy. You want to mm-hmm. be the replacement guy's replacement because the yeah. pressure is now gone. Yeah. How about Frank Bolton still getting involved? I mean, is that really that shocking? No, not really, but. So mildly disappointing. Mildly disappointing. Just like it could use the new guard. That's all. But again, it's his money. He's yeah. involved. So. Fair. And, Fair. and he's been. In, that's not to say he hasn't basically saved the league. Well, we created and then saved it multiple times. Stepping in, like saved what Bridgeport there for a year and or so, like and Newark. But you can yeah. you can go. That guy is integral and still go after you say it. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say it. I'll just say this, and then we'll go back to talking about Lang Island. Miles Wolf knew when to step away. Yeah. He knew when to step away from the association and said, all right, my time's done. Though I do wonder if Miles Wolf had a different financial situation. He did, but that's the way the league worked. If you read his book, he did. Okay, so I guess to summarize on the Long Island point, and especially, I guess specifically to Michael Pfaff, he he's somebody who was a fierce defender and promoter and supporter of the Atlantic League. And whether everybody has necessarily agreed with his feelings on the matter or tactics on the matter, that's one thing. He always fiercely backed Long Island. Remember during COVID, he was right out there like fighting with oh, yeah. Long Island politics to get games going. So, and while we can feel how you want to feel about that, at the end of the day, he was working to save jobs and that's in fighting for his people. And I think that that is the type of guy he is. If a lot of people have run afoul of him, a foul, like a bird, like a duck. Um, huh. But I don't think, and most people that I, I run into where, you know, there's some hard feelings and, you know, maybe I've crossed them once or twice and a lot of people I know have been like, oh, I don't know about all that. He, for the most part, does it for, you know, he's fighting for his organization. And that's something that, you know, I can understand. And I've done myself and I, I respected that a couple of times. I, I do think he might have contributed, might contribute here and there. And he's still the president, he's still there. To like the no fun league reputation that sort of the Atlantic League and NFL seem to share, but that's a different thing entirely. I think on the whole, it will be interesting to see how Long Island proceeds from here because he is uh, a real. He seems to be a real cornerstone in that organization. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like he is and always has been extremely good at his job, and his mm-hmm. job is to go to bat for you know Long Island, as yes. you mentioned, and he does a very good job of it. So. I have no real strong opinion on it. I definitely think he was one of the power players in the league. And what's interesting is, like, every once in a while, you could tell who listens to the show by, like, how his team responds if we say something. Like, Island doesn't necessarily do that, but you know they they pay attention to everything. And I think that kind of goes to speak to, like, the attention to detail inside the organization and the culture that starts from the top down. 
in that you check everything and anything that could possibly affect the team and the brand and you defend it. And Mm. that's why I feel like even a team president or a uh, chief business officer role, I feel like it's not that terribly different of position from what he was already doing as a GM in the sense of, I think he's still going to have a lot of a hands-on experience with it. I think we just need to change the title in order to keep someone from leaving. Fair. And I also think it's his team together. And I think it's also, you know, maybe pulling up his, if we're looking at how dig he was deep in dig, how deep he was into like the day to day, it's pulling that back up a little bit and maybe spreading that wider, like letting him cast a wider net because he is so experienced and he is, he is, you know, a guy you want on your team for sure. So maybe get his hands into more things on a higher level rather than maybe every little thing on the ground level where it's like, okay, like maybe, I mean, at Long Island, it was, you would often see him, I mean, all over the ballpark at a game. Yeah. Like, even I was surprised when I was there. I was like, damn, like he's, he's moving around. Like, he's grooving. I was like, is that, is he down here? Like, it's interesting. Like, and you know, that's not unfamiliar. It's not super unique, but it is, you can tell like, yeah, but it is a micromanaging level. It is. So that's fascinating. But so, yeah, if he has the template already set up for like, okay, this is how the game day is supposed to run. This is how things are supposed to go. If you have a guy that you're like, okay, I been he's been here for a while too. He knows the template. He knows how to run it. Let him go do that. I got other things I got to handle. What I want to kind of point out is what's the other things he has to handle that he has to get bumped up to spend the attention, the time on. Yeah. And is it just yeah, a Long Island a thing point. or is it a league thing? Wouldn't be surprised to see him as like, wouldn't you put him as maybe not the favorite, but a favorite to one day replace Rick White? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he's on the yeah. short list. Right. For sure. I'm trying to think of okay. other people that would be on that short list. And yeah, I'm having a hard time of adding names to it. He's just a clear and obvious front runner. Yeah. Uh, I, and he already has the pre-existing relationship with him. With Frank. Uh, yeah, Frank. So, yeah. It's an interesting setup there. I mean, Long Island's not the only team also making moves in the front office, too. Washington did a whole slew of both business and baseball side uh, movement, moving guys up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I saw another Frontier League team that was doing some movement around, too. So, there's definitely... I don't want to say slow, but there's definitely the start of the movement season in that regard. But just when you're talking about Long Island, they're just kind of so omnipresent, I guess, mm-hmm. in independent ball and such a a touchstone for it where it's hard to really like ignore them when they make a move, especially when they move around people that are very clearly critical to their success. I mean, how many, there's so few people that even within, let's just limit the conversation to indie ball circles that you could say a front office ex- executive and everyone's like, oh yeah, like even in other leagues, yeah. most people are like, oh, Michael Fafia, Long Island. Yeah. Like, that's crazy to think about. Also, I, I said that the NFL comparison with completely forgetting that he started his career with the NFL. He did, yeah. Calm. Yeah, Seven I just years. remember that. Yeah. Well, we know where it was learned. Yes. He's learned from the best slash worst. He probably had a couple of fun ideas like, you know, we could do this. And just like, what no. the hell are you on right now? 
You know, New York I was thinking through, it was, though, huh? St. John's. Go Johnny's. <laughs> oh, Red man. Storm. Yeah. How about it? Can't use the old name. I, uh, I, I never mind. I spent, uh, some time with St. at St. John's and it's just like, it's a funny place. It's, it's such a weird spot. To just drop a full on college with like D one sports in the middle of pride of Queens. Well, we got the next bit of news. We got Sioux city. They signed a nine year yes. lease extension with a three year option attached to it. They originally wanted a 12 year lease. The city was like, we'd like to not have a lease that extends through three city councils. Uh, how about we do nine and three year instead? And they're like, okay, 100000 a year. It's due on May 1st. Unanimously passed in the lease. Other important details from it. A uh, section of the stadium rent will go towards stadium repairs. The explorers are responsible for maintaining and repairing the stadium. Uh, AC and heating will be provided by the city, so they will furnish the stadium with those uh, HVAC uh, necessities. Also, the city of Sioux Falls will get 400 complimentary tickets a year and 400 tickets for any two dates to use as well. So there's a couple other details in there that explains like, okay, if there's an incidental, how much of the incidental is the uh, explorer's responsibility. If it's a permanent fixture, it's up to a thousand dollars and the city will cover the rest. There's smaller details like that. Uh, they mentioned that new seating was put in, which was something that a couple of years back, if y'all remember, was a point of contention as well. Uh, just a bunch of kind of minute details like that were in the articles linked in the show notes, of course, as well. So, uh, yeah, Sioux City, they went from seemingly dead to uh, alive and well for at least, uh, I guess, till 2033. I will. So. I don't have much to say on this because it's status quo, but yeah, we did get a lot of pushback for us reacting like this could be in trouble. This deal's in trouble. And I don't think that was fair because one, those posts made by players and coaches around the organization were feeling very negative about the situation. And yeah. two, this just got done. What? Halfway through the off season. And yeah. they just did have Monday. a back and forth. They didn't get exactly what they wanted. And the city, when they were like, can, we get this thing done sooner. Can we bump up the date? And so he was like, nah, we're not going to do that. Like yeah. easy. Now we've, uh, there are a few people who really jumped on us. Like, no, it's a done deal. Look at the two offers yeah. on the table. And I'm like, maybe it's not about the offers on the table. Maybe it's about the people making the offers. Right. Why? Because but one of the people making out. the offers had previously threatened to relocate the team. If they didn't get new seating in a stadium. Yeah. Right. But whatever, it's fine. I, 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 this is good. I'm not upset yeah. about this at all. It's a good thing, I think, for the league. It's a good thing for the team. It's a good thing for the city. This is good. Good thing for the fans. That's nothing but the best. You're hoping the relationship, the city, can kind of remain healthy. Having nine years does sort of take the pressure off and lets everybody, you know, you're not wor- not thinking about how every action is going to affect the negotiations down the road. It can be more like a partnership than it is a negotiating back and forth. You know, knowing that you're about to be. A, possibly against each other in negotiation. Uh, so hopefully this will give some breathing room and allow some things to air out and the necessary improvements to be made in both the relationship and the ballpark. Uh, it is interesting they didn't get all the years they asked for. They asked for 12, got nine. Uh, interesting that they weren't fully able to look forward to 2024 until now because no one comment, what was it, 
Yeah, from oh, Montgomery, where he was calling yeah, everybody saying that it's all done. Well, that was the other go. part of it. We were right to go ahead and hold the original opinion we had. When you have a manager going, you know, even when we were in the negotiation phase, I wasn't totally sold on it. And I mean, if you look at the transactions, I don't think Sioux City's been overly active. Yeah, I agree. They didn't seem super urgent about it, and they weren't really interested in doing it at the convenience of the organization, it seemed like. Yeah, that and the thing is, I'm just, and even just from a roster perspective for the Explorers, they weren't active in building a roster really until after this got done. Like the day this got done, they announced two new signings. Yeah. So, like, what is that saying? Though it sounds like at least they were confident enough to do some work on the, you know, behind the scenes. They just weren't trying to announce it until. Yeah. Still, though, I mean, I think that speaks to like, okay, we weren't wrong to think like, oh, this could be a problem. Yeah. So yeah. I, the more I think about it, oh, I'm glad we took prince. the opportunity to be like, we weren't wrong. <laughs> okay. This maybe not the best podcast content, but uh, for the record, we, I don't know. We're taking wrong, a victory but... lap. Screw that. <laughs> we never said it wouldn't happen. We're just like, hey, this is worth noting. They need to get this thing resolved. Uh, yeah. Oh, to be fair, we did say at one point, it looks very bad right now. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, it, 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 it looks bad. That's just the optics were not good. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Five, six. I got seven, eight guys signed, nine, ten guys signed. I'm just keeping track of guys that were signed here. Twelve. Okay. So there's a decent amount of guys. I just must have missed it because there were some important things happening. Um, yeah. I only got 13 guys signed prior to the thing. Uh, number may go up here. In a second, but yeah, I got 13 guys signed prior to the announcement. Now, I don't know how that compares to the rest of the American Association, but um, yeah, I mean, I could kind of pull that, but we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. off the top of my head, yeah, that's less than normal for the league, but it's not like there's no movement happening, and it's fine, is what I'd say. Yeah, it's cautious movement, well said. So, a little bit of hesitancy there, which I think says a lot. But yeah, I just find it very interesting, though, that like normally when you get like a lease deal announced, like, yeah, it got all the details we get in it, but like the public press facing is never like, by the way, here's how the maintenance is going to be broken down as to who's responsible. Here's how the expenditure is broken down. Right. right. Like, we don't get that breakdown, but that was something that was very clear and evidently reported. It's just like, Okay, I'll back off what I just said. By the way, that's about right for the league at this point. Okay. I thought there were more. Uh, the problem is the American Association. I'm still about three or so weeks behind on it, but yeah, it's about average, I guess, for the league at this point. Okay, I'm used to the right. Frontier League, which is the one I just redid, where a lot of those guys are getting retained because there's less of the American Association. Just has a little more, you know, cut the bomb half your roster and rebuild that. I feel like year to year. Fair enough. Neither here nor there. Sorry, that was unnecessary detail, but here we are. Yep. Which can I just point out one thing here? And it's admittedly a little off topic, so I'll try to keep it under five minutes here. And then we'll Oh god, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna keep it short. I'm actually gonna genuinely keep it short. Okay. I was catching up on the uh, Real Cat Talk podcast we mentioned before, Calisco guy. Right. And I missed one from October. And I was like, Oh, cool, I'll go back and listen to this. That way I don't have to start this giant like hardcore history one that's six and a half hours long. I'll just listen to this half hour one real quick. Hmm. And it must have been the one after, like, we first mentioned the show. Mm. 
I was like, actually, you know, like it's a pretty good show and whatnot. And you went something to the extent of, yeah, I was, I was happily surprised at the quality. <laughs> and apparently, yeah. you mentioned that. And it's just like, I don't blame Ryan for being surprised about, you know, like it's Gary <laughs> and the rail cast. And I'm just like some guy. Like, I don't blame him. I was just like, God damn. Yo, we should have him on, by the way. Why we not? Definitely you should. Bring him in for the American Association for you, man. I know that way you could be like, you know, I'm surprised at the quality of your show. Or you could tell them that to your face. At the very least, we will just do no work previewing Gary and just completely lean on him. <laughs> and, like, we'll just, and it will be funny because it'll be like, well, at least he's, he's the expert on it. But also, there'll it'll be that moment of him being like, oh, Jesus, they didn't even look at the roster, huh? <laughs> like, like, yeah, so like, no where exactly is Gary again? And, and this is like Indiana. Detroit, right? Oh, I mean, wow, that's cool. Uh, be like so like how do you spell gary again the oh, with a g okay okay with a g <laughs> i thought it was a j gary or jerry like me yeah uh, so you're telling me they play in u.s steel yard like an actual steel yard yeah so yeah, just the wrap of the point ballpark talk after this yeah yeah we'll wrap up uh the gary point and the city point on we may have been a little harsh early on. Some of us may have been pleasantly surprised at the quality that came of it, but in the end, we're all happy with the results. Yeah, that'll work. That's what we'll go with. So let's get on to the part where everybody was expecting this show to run long at, and what I think everyone really was looking forward to, which is expansion talk, because everyone loves talking about expansion. And this really doesn't have much structure at all this section, as though the past hour of the show had any structure but we have several milb teams moving mm -hmm. we have several other teams that could be in danger of moving and then we got a bunch of other markets that are very much open they're all in the southern u.s to bring it back to that cold open it started right. with the leak of the davis team the newest team and now it led to a flood of potential teams all of which are in the south with the exception of at least Hillsboro Hops and Eugene Emeralds, which are the two Oregon markets from earlier that Ryan's supposedly about to throw a wet blanket on. I mean, is that is that what we're talking about? We're talking about the West Coast part? We might as well start West Coast. That's the shortest okay. part of it. Just, I, we'll I was into, like, so expecting you to go south and you like change on me the last second. I was like, uh oh. Okay. Yeah, Zig instead of Zach. I do neither. I just right through it. Um so we're talking about it was Hillsborough and Eugene both sort of getting some movement on new ballparks. So the city asking voters to approve um, some movement on a new ballpark in Eugene and uh, the Hillsborough hops pushing Oregon legislature on new ballpark funding. Those are the two yeah. basic headlines. And we have talked in the past about we are talking westward expansion for the Pioneer League. We see they're in California, obviously, already. We hinted at you know oregon feels like the right move if you're looking to go west northwest area that's that seems obvious but there are so there are multiple markets there's like the, the portland market what um the, there's like the yeah. town outside of that and then yeah, there's hillsborough is just outside hillsborough. Portland. Yeah. yeah so hillsborough and eugene if i recall by no hillsborough that's been the one i i typically mention it yeah. does have really good fan support they seem to be doing great good branding all that my concern is i don't know there just doesn't seem to be any reason that they would leave affiliate ball. They've recently, both teams were short season A, I think, and then came up. Now they're high A. That's a better thing for them. They're, they've got the development 
you know, contract with their with you know MLB teams. So there just doesn't seem like a reason for them to go anywhere. In my mind, unless I'm I'm way off here, it just I don't know why they would ever end up independent. And I don't see an independent team going to fill an all ballpark if one of them move instead of renovating because I don't think either this team or those cities rather have a need for two teams. Am, Here's I, the thing. am I missing anything? What do you got? Here's the thing because you notice in the one ballpark digest, please unblock me, uh, article here. They they quote another statement from the local press and from their GM for Hillsborough, which is they were supposed to meet the standard last year, meaning 23, and they were supposed to meet them this year, meaning 24, and now we're supposed to meet them in 25. So it comes a point where they're just going to say enough is enough, them meaning MLB. Long and short is the ballpark does not meet the standard. So if they don't get the $15 million investment to actually do the ballpark over, they're just going to have the license pulled. MLB may like the market. They may want to be in that market because, you know, it helps develop a baseball fan base in the largest city in Oregon, probably the second largest in the Pacific Northwest, but not including Canada and Vancouver as part of that. But, you know, excluding them, U.S. Pacific Northwest, Portland's second base. So I get not wanting to leave there, but they're also not going to allow the hops to be the example set that, oh, well, we'll make an exception. They're not making exceptions. They're going to be ruthless about it, as we've seen in the past, where it's just like, don't meet it, you're gone. So when that happens, if they don't get that 15 mil, they're going to need a place to go. Pioneer League fits that mold. That's my theory on that one. As far as Eugene goes, I think that's a little bit more of an ask. They also are looking for 15 mil, but you're counting on a lot of a lot of other additional money. It's 15 from the city, 35 from the county, uh, 13.5 from the Emeralds themselves, 7.5 or from the state, 1.5 from the Fed. That's a lot of money that's going to start adding up there. I mean, we're looking at what? About 65 million or so. If I'm yeah. not mistaken. So it, actually, I think it's a little bit more. It's about 72 million when everything's all said and done. So that's a lot of money. And like the proposed budget for the ballpark itself, according to the Baseball Digest article here, is 90.3 million. An additional 10 million is proposed for other fairground improvements. And that means there's a funding gap of possibly 33 million. And again, they're supposed to be in compliance by the end of 25. The voting for Eugene can't be approved until May 24th, the earliest. So that brings us to a position of if the ballot measure does get there in May, if it fails in May, you're going to have to scramble to go ahead and put together another one and do a radical change, depending on the margins of the vote, in under a 12-month period to get the improvements done and then try to get a stay of execution essentially until 26 and then rush to get all the construction done. So like, I understand like neither market really makes sense to leave, but the ballpark is what matters. And if they don't meet the standard, MLB will just chick can them. They've kind of shown that in the past. There's plenty of marks. They don't want to leave. They left because of the ballpark itself. So here's the thing though. My pushback to that would be they've already been not the standard once and still got selected. The issue is there's really no other option. Like where else would these team, where else would Arizona 
go? Where else would San Francisco go for their minor league team? I mean, it, it's, I'm assuming Stockton is going to remain with uh, the A's when they make their move because the same conversation, where would they go for another minor league team? I just don't think there's as much competition for another team. And that's where this whole thing kind of comes to a, a head where it's, yeah, but okay, so what are you going to do then? You're going to find another place with better facilities or some other place that's willing to throw that much money into facilities to take the spot away from one of these other other cities? Like, I I just don't find that likely. I, I, well, what, what league do they play in currently? Uh, they're both high A. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, what league in? Oh, high league. Uh, it's the Northwest League for both. Northwest League. Okay, I thought so. I just wanted to make sure that because I just wanted to look it up to see. What uh, what else is in the Northwest League footprint? Uh, Maybe Corvallis. Um, I don't know, what, but like if you're a summer league team, there's no way Here's your the thing. upgrade like that. Like that's that's the is other there thing. Only, is there's only six teams still, in that league, though. They're basically still in that closer, and, and that league no, probably wouldn't teams. exist if those teams weren't already like, no, we want our team there. Like we want our affiliate team in this footprint. Am I? Am I crazy to say they would just steal like Glacier? I so that was my next point. I yeah. was gonna say the alternative and what could throw some chaos in, and I think it's less likely that they would take Glacier. My new but ballpark I think though. It's more likely for it to be honestly, I think it's probably more likely to be Oakland or the A's moving. But they don't have a good relationship now with the Pioneer League. So that complicates that. So I was going to say, well, I could see Oakland trying to grab a different team than Stockton, you know, for theirs. But the, the, again, the complication comes down to weird things. Like, all right, I guess it wouldn't be that big of a deal. You'd probably, you'd have to put in grass. Yeah. You know, like weird stuff, like all the development league teams are having grass right now. It's something like, I'm looking at this here, like what the footprint is, and like there's definitely like cities that could host it, but they would need to build a ballpark, and most of them are in Oregon. Hmm. So if Oregon's going to spend money on building a new ballpark, they just build them for the communities that already have them. And see, there's so many things, I, there's so many alternatives. That's that's all. That's why I'm kind of a, a web. I, I understand stuff. the apprehension to it, but like at the same point in time, I'm not entirely willing to just like write off the idea of them getting dropped by the way Boise wouldn't be a bad option for Vegas they wouldn't be but at the same time is their ballpark up to standard because they got cut already so like yeah I mean, it, depends. Improvements. it depends how interested they'd be in making improvements and again True. all these teams getting cut probably weren't super interested in making improvements in the first place very few of them are Hagerstown where they got dropped and were immediately like oh we'll build a new ballpark sorry um, yeah, it's just not something you find. And that's why I think every ballpark that doesn't have a team now, for the most part, there's a reason they don't have one when it comes to yeah. affiliated teams. And there's things keeping people from switching. That whole North Northwest League exists. It's weird to have a six-team minor league on multiple levels, but they exist because there was certain passionate West coast teams were like, nah, we need a team out here. We want them here and not, you know, in the Midwest, which was probably the alternative. There. It's just, you start, the issue I always have with the hangup is 
MLB doesn't really care if they piss people off. So like, but the team has to be on board too. That was the whole thing because a lot of these yeah. teams try to play innocent, but it was like clearly safe throughout the whole process that the teams also were working with them. That's why, you know, when we tend up with the Nationals, that was part of it. Um, yeah. Where part of it, and then the Royals try to act like, oh, like wasn't us, but kind of is you. Yeah, you could have spoke. You could have said, no, we want to keep them. Because they had basically right of first refusal to to start switching. Well, yeah, up. I mean that was also part of the point, which is to like make everything more regionalized, so you'd keep all your affiliates close to the parent club. So, the one that I wonder about is Tucson. Tucson is interesting, right? Yeah, it's like the warm Pecos market, where it's like I cannot believe it's a Pecos market. Just it's kind of aggravating that it is. It's just like such a waste of potential. Maybe, it's like yeah, seeing someone I, driving forty in like a GT. It's like, but why though? Like, sure you can, but like, why though? Yeah, I don't. I, I think there's probably issues with maybe facilities there as well. But you feel like a place like Tucson could get behind having a minor league team, possibly yeah. for Oakland. That would make a lot of sense. Now Vegas. Yeah, something to think on. Yeah, it definitely is. But, well, yeah. also. Because uh, we just don't know what's happening in that AAA team that Vegas has too. That's an interesting moving part here. Uh, I mean, they could just keep the close. AAA team around too. Yeah, they could. I, I think they will. It just makes because it, it's basically a St. Paul uh, Twins situation. Yeah, if they decide that the AAA team isn't going to be able to do double duty with them if they're borrowing that stadium, that would be another interesting one where I could see them trying to scoop Tucson for a little bit. But they, we're into the weeds on that now. Yeah, it's to use that as the jumping off point to transition of Pacific Northwest talk into more Southern talk. If yes, Waco gets built, then... Yeah, man, that is fascinating. So the rumors coming about would be what we, we a bunch came out this week that Waco Ballpark was being looked at. A, yeah, um, Baton Rouge possibly getting upgraded. Baton Rouge being talked about. The Mississippi Braves are moving out of Pearl, Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, uh, was it the Mudcats are moving from Zebulon too to Wilson? Yes, they are. And there's already... I've now heard rumors of multiple leagues eyeing up rally because that's where I had a rally. I mean, that's a really we've got, uh, you know, this is on the heels of the Shreveport. Yeah, the Shreveport thing we talked about that a while back. And yeah. Murfreesboro a few weeks ago, talking about the American Association sniffing around there. So, yeah, it seems like this could yeah, get really yeah, interesting. Fort Worth really is always, uh, yeah, Fort Worth is always a uh, possibility too. Although their ballpark is not yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. But if you got a motivated person, you could get in there. Right. Exactly. And again, that comes down to in Texas, depends on what your weather is. You might have to burn a lot of dates on just hot weather. But Texans, you know, they're used to it. So different. Won't go down that rabbit hole. But we, I think it's worth saying. Yeah. South Metro is worth something. Am I crazy to think this is all going to be at the mercy of what the American Association wants to do? Because I think the American Association has a greater hunger for getting south because of Cleburne. Because they already have that weird foothold down there that they'd love to, you know, probably bolster that and get some teams around it. That was my read, but I could be off. See, here's the thing. I think it's just less of a Cleburne thing and more of a they want to expand, they want to gobble up markets. I think the Atlantic League is kind of like, they'll take a market when they find it, but I think they're also kind of trying to get their own house in order before they do mm-hmm. anything else, which I agree. Inherently, I don't think it's a bad decision. I think that's probably oh, the right call to make sure. On the, yeah. Sorry, I talked over you again. I've been noticing. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed we've been doing that. That's on me. It's my uh, probably my sound setup. 
but yeah, it, we talked about it in the Q and A. I think we both agree they gotta <laughs> fix what they have before they start finding new stuff. Yeah, it absolutely is the case, and so I don't blame them for that. The the Frontier League doesn't make any sense to go to Texas, so they shouldn't even be considering the possibility. You're already a pretty wide spread out league. Any more spread out is basically going to be an AL, NL, and MLB type situation where it's like you got to do them up in the pods and the pods seldom ever play each other. Like, it'd have to be that. The travel expense would just be too great. Already that league had a lot of pushback from travel expense. So... I can't imagine members would be cool with being like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to send you to Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Like, I could maybe see some of the more East Coast options because among all the ones that came out, there are, you know, the time-tested favorites that every time we mention them, we mention the same issues attached to them. Everyone knows those, markets. No need to rehash them. So, like, I could see some of those East Coast ones being somewhat appealing, but even then, I mean, how far outside the current footprint, i.e., how far south do you want to go before you say, like, okay, well, if I'm Quebec, do I want to drive to, like, Virginia or something? Or if I'm in, like, say, Gateway, do I really want to go all the way to, like, New Jersey more often than I already have to? Mm-hmm. Like exactly, it, unless they're going for a hard pod system where there's not a lot of interplay between the groupings. I, yeah, I don't yeah. see it being exactly. as practical, or the league at least being as hungry. And then, you know, if there's some competition for any of these markets, I, yeah. I gotta assume the American Association's got the job. Exactly. They are yeah. already down there. I, I yeah. I'll say I've heard rumors of the Frontier League looking in North Carolina. You, I know you feel that that is impractical. Yeah. I'm just telling you yeah. what I'm getting. I know, but, yeah. I, I, that's my. I just feel like it's a tough situation to work in a league that already gets pushed back about travel. I would argue if they're doing that, they're probably also looking at other markets too. That would make it more feasible. It would not be the only move. What's the uh, the the phrasing? If this was on field roster moves, the uh, you assign somebody and drop somebody else. It's the whatever move. It's the it's the 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 dropping of a player because you're adding one. There's probably a second team coming if they decide to make a move like that so that it's not like, and now we're down North Carolina. Oh, it's the old uh, Oakland Davis Tongo. It's the corresponding roster move. There we go. I got it. Uh, Lord, I knew knew that around. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, you know, my feelings on the new Orleans, any new Orleans, based move but i also know it's basically impractical at this point in time because of the money that would be needed to switch that field back to baseball hate it yeah a shreveport baton rouge thing is way more practical on that front agreed yes yeah and i mean sure i i've always valued the louisiana move that's something i really believe in kind of again we talk about the value of having just at least one team close by you and how much that can help out just think about it if you play 10 of your away games there in a year that's if you're playing 50 away games that's 20 percent of your away schedule you if you want to you don't even need to stay at a hotel that's huge so something to think on yeah that it's just like the overall geography of it if you get cleburne in there you have two louisiana teams maybe a lot that's my one thinking on it because the problem and the pushback i've seen online about it is Louisiana's a big college state. Yeah. And so you're going to be fighting against a large push of like LSU, La Tech, 
Plain, a few others there. Probably be like UL Lafayette. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other bigger ones that are down there. Uh, you have a lot of larger schools, really, the point. So you're already fighting that. And if you go into Baton Rouge, I mean, you know, it's kind of a Lexington situation where it's like UK is king here, Baton Rouge, LSU is king here. It's just the reality of it. And come the fall, you're not playing Saturday home games. You know better than to do that, to try and go head-to-head with Go Tigers. That ain't going to go. Yeah. So you can't do that. But though, um, I mean, they're, they wouldn't be the only market like that. So it's it's a dual. Yeah, I'm not saying that's the whole country. thing to consider. Um, mm-hmm. On top of that, Shreveport had a team before. They still need a lot of work to make it work. You know, this. I don't think it's impossible. It's just like I think two is a risky thing to do at the same time or in quick succession. I think it's one, make it work. Two, after that, as kind of a thing. I understand the value of going two at a time on it because then you have the other team that's like a crutch situation. I get it, but like there's also significantly more risk to the uh, league itself when you're going to markets like that. They're a little unproven. And the American Association has done the odd number team before, I think for two or three seasons. So I was just going to DM them and ask them if they could. I know actually even like fully odd number. Uh, I got a poll. Was it the American? Yeah, I think it was the American. There was a couple years in there when I was looking back at their media guide where I think they had like 13 or some weird number of teams. Um, They're not afraid of it. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I would love to get a copy of what those schedules look like. That's a fascinating sort of puzzle to put together, but they'll do it. They're, you know, they'd rather do that than put and shoehorn something in or hell, put a team on hiatus, you know, not to shade the Atlantic League, but like, it's, it's hard not to. Choice. It's such a weird choice. So, yeah, it's something to look at. Yeah, uh, if you know what year they did the odd number team, they have the media guy going back every year to 2012. So That's where I saw it, if I recall. Uh, the only thing in my head, I'm like, could that have been the Frontier? But it wasn't the Frontier League, no. Any event, back to the back to the topic on hand, which is Southern expansion is hard because you can't go into too many risky marks at the same time without endangering the league as a whole. So... That's why I'm more of a fan of like, okay, let's do one safer market and one kind of experimental market at the same time. That's We're going to do it. Let's let's do it like that. And like, I just consider Louisiana to be kind of a, one of the more experimental, even if there has been a team there in the past. It's just, there's a lot of concerns I have with that. Not to mention. Yeah, fair read, yeah. yeah. Plus, the one thing I think we're kind of undercutting in this is Louisiana is a state that is suspect to weather. Besides just humidity and hot flooding, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know where the ballpark are as a flood zone, but like, if your fan base is getting flooded out like every three months, that's a bit of a concern. It, it should be okay where they're at. I, I'm confident in that one. Okay. Um, Sam, we go for Baton Rouge, or I would say with either. Okay. Uh, hold on, let's see here. Let me double check. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Shreve. Uh, yeah, I, what I'm saying is, I guess if they were to put the money into it that's needed, I don't think it would be there would be something in place where they wouldn't have to really worry about that as much. Okay, that's my my take on that. Plus, there'd probably be a turf field, which also helps. Anyway, I'm more or less like thinking yeah. through my my knowledge of coastal weather patterns. 
Yeah, I was just more or less concerned about like if your fan base that you expect to spend money on a luxury thing they is constantly having to rebuild their home, they're probably not going to be liable to spend money on, uh, you know, going to a baseball game. Well, I would say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just checking my thought process on this one, but I would say for both markets, it can be a little squirrely on like in on without a flood. The, the income around the area and how much disposable income there is that you could say the same for rural Mississippi as well. Fair. I, I maybe we should switch to Mississippi while we're still talking about this and while we got a little bit of time to still go over it. Um, thoughts on that uh, Pearl slash Jackson market there. Um, I don't know what to make of it. I'm not as well versed on that one. I, I don't did anything strike you? I mean, it's something that's been rumored for a little bit occasionally, but nobody seemed overly excited about it. Like that's it the does thing. seem like if you're already going that way, mate, sure. I wouldn't move to get to, like, I wouldn't expand yeah. the way I, Pine really did. Expanding to get to Oakland, I wouldn't make the move to get to Pearl, but Pearl might be a viable option if you are looking to do the even teams. That's kind of where I'm at. Because like Murfreesboro is really Nashville. So you're talking Nashville to Jackson. That's not exactly close. I mean, like mm-hmm. you're looking at it here. Like I'm got pulled up and it's like, okay, so basically what we're looking at distance wise isn't that much different than like I guess some of the other ones in this league. Like Lincoln to I guess like Lincoln to Fargo would be a comparable. That may be a little too far, but like I, I I overall agree with the point though, where it's like you don't rush for this. But I don't hate the market. It clearly can support a team that grand was a double A team of like the South team. Yeah. So like that changes things a little bit. So I'm not gonna yeah. pretend like it's not, but like I put it like more or less this. If you're going for like say mobile, which is another market we've discussed in the past, it yeah. needs some work and whatnot. But like if you're going for mobile, then Jackson slash Pearl makes an awful lot of sense in that regard, right? Like you can go ahead and pick those two. They're nice and close to each other. If you want Murfreesboro, is kind of like the outlier, sure, but I'd rather go with like either Shreveport or Baton Rouge instead. If we're going to do that, like honestly, Shreveport and Jackson make a lot of sense. They're both right on what is that, I 20? Yeah, it would. That was my point. It, that would yeah. probably be the main move I would think about trying to make. Yeah, but again, who knows true. what goes into either of those markets? Shreveport, I believe they have a, a lot of work ahead. I think Jackson has at least a lot of reno work ahead. Yeah. I mean, that all depends on obviously Jackson would want to get an affiliate team back. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. No. For the meanwhile, while you just throw an indie team in there, I mean, like it would work for the time being. I mean, now, I think looking at it, that Mississippi, that pro Mississippi market could maybe do 2000 a night if things are rolling well, but yeah. I'm like 1500. And that's uh, if, again, things are going well. Do we know what their affiliate total was for attendance? It's about 2500. Uh, the alleged, the reported attendance, alleged attendance. <laughs> so about 20% drop off. That's not terrible. Yeah. All things considered. Yeah, I see. The thing is, though, I feel like the American Association's at the point where they're like, look, we want markets that want to be here. Yes, I agree. So if they're not going to get a market that wants to be here, then they're not going to bother even looking at it. Mm. Yeah. That's why I think I they're more into like a Murfreesboro or possibly like a Mobile than like, say, a Pearl. I, I got nothing to disagree with there. Yeah. 
So with that said, let's see, is there anything else? We, we want to circle back to Waco because we mentioned them, but we didn't really talk about them. Um, I don't have much to add there. It's just going to see. There's so much up in the air still. Will things yeah. get funded? Will it get public support? Will it get voted through? Will it be affiliated? Because that seems like a, a possibility as well. Hmm. My only concern with Waco is if you're not adding another team in the South, you're basically just saying, hey, Claiborne, here's a friend. And like, that's, that's not <laughs> yeah. bad, but like, you still have the same problem, only now double for everybody else in the league. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, at least then you can play, knock out two road trips going down there. I guess. But, but I feel like you need to add like another team in there somewhere. Like, I don't know. An in between stop. Yeah. Probably. Or at least another one that's also down there. Yeah. Like, either you got to go and toss a team and say like Oklahoma or a team in like, I mean, like, you could go Shreveport and then you have the makings of a division. Which, yeah. I mean, just continue down the rabbit hole we went on, on Twitter. I mean, like, if you go Waco, Cleburne, Shreveport, Jackson, that's not a terrible division. Agreed. And gonna- in theory, you could toss, um, you know, like, one other, I mean, Mobile's kind of jumping out there, but they're not that much different from like a Baton Rouge, and Baton Rouge is probably closer for everybody. So, I mean, like, you could do that, I guess, and that's a five-team setup down there, and then everybody else is, what, a six-team setup? So, I mean, like, you can make it work for a little while. But now it's a big gamble and a lot of new markets having exactly. good, good momentum. Those other markets, too, is it breaks the rule of the AA wants markets that want to be there. So exactly right. And that's a big question mark on just about really any new market, <laughs> unless they're explicitly like, we'll take anything. We don't care. We're hungry for it. Exactly. So that that's the problem you get there. I think we've touched on just about all of it. I mean, like we could have went a little bit more on this Epilon Raleigh thing, but I don't think we really need to talk about how valuable that market is. You really could do a lot with it. It feels like a good market. If the ballpark was a little bit better, and I, I'll admit, I haven't really looked at it much, I could see maybe some Atlantic League interest, but again, they got to get their own house in order for they do anything else. So I could see Atlantic League interest if Gastonia doesn't work out. That. Keep a team down there with high point. True. Honestly, like, I almost wish that market was open for 24, because I'd almost say, like, put the team there while Gastonia gets it together, and then you could just have three in North Carolina. Um. Yeah. So the two things I've thought of when it comes to Raleigh to consider, because that's a really good point, would be the Gastonia thing I just mentioned. Yeah. But then, on because I'm trying to do the math, I think Gastonia's contract with the league is up. The initial one probably in two years. I want to say. Okay. Yeah, I think so. And I think that is when it's when Carol the Mudcats are scheduled to leave the stadium. Okay. And at the same time, I think that's also the end of the contract on the Jackals in the frontier with Hinchcliffe. Mm. So there's a couple leagues that could be looking for some solutions. Uh, and if the frontier mm-hmm. league decides they do um, want to move south and maybe has another market by then, I could see them toying with that idea. You know, and I'm looking at this here, and like high points a bit closer to Raleigh than. Uh, Gastonia too for what that's worth. So there's something there. There's yep. something there. I think somebody who goes to that ballpark 
this question of will they do the summer college thing or will they go any ball? I still wish they would have built that ballpark in Virginia Beach, man. I know, man. I saw it again on the uh like the Wikipedia the other day. Yeah. I was like, damn. It just it would have been so perfect. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, that screams Myrtle Beach Pelican type success. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think there's something to that. Like you obviously need the right management, but still. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, overall, like Raleigh's appeal is, you know, pretty obvious. I don't think we gotta go into too much detail about that. As to right, why right. teams would want to go there. Uh, there may be a little bit of discussion on, you know, whether or not the Frontier should go there or not, but I think we covered that fairly well. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that covers just about all the major markets here. Obviously, we'll be circling back to that as time goes on. But, uh, yeah, that just about does it as far as stuff we have to talk about this week. I don't think we missed anything. I mean, but Harrelson uh, died too, so maybe mention that. But, I mean... Which is crazy to like be an afterthought because he's such an important person. I mean, yeah. talk about people who have been integral to the Ducks. He was CEO, and uh, where he was, uh, what was the position he had? Was he Langley's first president? Right? No. Really? Yeah. Hold on. I'm trying to think. I think he was the first one. Think back. Let me just go to the website. We'll get it right, and then we'll. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, obviously, it was also the Ducks manager for a bit, I believe. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he did. Um, I, I know that much. One manager yep. of the year. Co-founded. He was co-founder of the Ducks alongside Bolton and Atlantic League's first president as a circus startup. He was in its startup phase. Harrison, along with Joe Klein, Sparky Lyle, Butch Hobson, Rick Cerrone, and Willie Upshaw helped provide the ALPB with instant on-field credibility and was vital to building the Ducks inaugural roster in 2000. Yeah, the... The connection I had was as a former Wilmington Blue Rock employee. He uh, yeah. he was involved with the Blue Rocks ownership back in the day in Wilmington. And I think that was, he was up with that group with Frank Bolton, who initially tried to do the minor league team in Long Island, which stemmed mm-hmm. the creation of the Atlantic League, if I'm correct. about I think I think Bob was involved with all that. Yeah. Still, where, because I don't see where he would have gotten uninvolved and reinvolved yeah. uh, throughout his sort of the, the path I'm following of his very long and very much sort of not all over the place in a bad way, but like truly like covered a lot of ground in, in baseball over his life. So he, uh, again, major leaguer played for the Mets, played for the Phillies as well as I recall in the seventies. So yeah, yeah. hell of a life, man. Yeah. And I've really was baseball life in there. So, so it's been a sad start to the 24th year. Right? I know, man. Like we, every week we come over. on and talk about someone dying. Like hopefully we can break that trend next week. Be I really nice, don't want to keep, uh, keep doing that. So not great, not great. Not uh, great but all, yeah, so. beyond that, did we hit any miss anything? Da, 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 da. I don't not particularly. So. No, I don't believe so. Yeah. So then I guess we could wrap it here. Um you got plugs, I'm sure, so I'll let you do those and then uh, we'll we'll get out of here after that. Yeah, just indie ball nation on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Got a few things. Well, as always in the works, just depends on when I can get to sit down and edit them. And uh the transaction sheet, which is links. Uh, or pinned at the top of my Twitter is being updated. Huge update yesterday, doing the American Association updates today. Finally catching mm-hmm. up. It was like a month of transactions where I was doing other stuff. And I was like, I'm sure there weren't that many transactions. <laughs> and there were. So, you know what you yeah. mean? Walk in places on fire. <laughs> it was exactly that vibe. Yeah. I'm like, oh my, you were making transactions over the holiday. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, that's about the long short of it. Nothing too crazy this week. Uh, yeah. So, Candy Ball Pod on Twitter and 
Indie Ball, wherever else. The plan, which is now looking kind of doubtful, admittedly, um, is uh, to start next week doing all my content stuff, rolling out stuff, uh, hopefully going for two Instagram posts a week, and then after that, going to two posts a week and then either a video or article as well. So hopefully three or four pieces of content weekly. It's looking a little bit doubtful because I got to sort through everything for weeks one and two on this still. It's all contract purchase data. We're going to do a bunch of stuff with that. So I still got to look through all that. But um, yeah, that's the plan there. Hopefully that'll get started for next week or this week while you're listening to it. So if it's yeah, I mean, that's you're yeah. talking to the person who every week I'm like, oh, I'm kind of coming this week. Finally, I'm just like, I don't know, I'm editing stuff. I'll try. Yeah. So generally that's the thing. Keep an eye on the socials. And I guess... Indie Ball Report podcast on YouTube as well. We may put stuff out there. So. Yeah, that's about all we have. Um, yeah. So I guess until next time, don't forget to play ball. Oh.